Vikings versus Chiefs. Let's go. Let's rock. Let's go. Seconds to go, 24-23 Saints. Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, Beal and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay in the oh, 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 oh my God, oh my God, no way. Let's go. This is where your Climbing the Pocket Network's personalities and guests get together to talk about your Minnesota Vikings. So it's time to let's go. Let's start this show. We are here for a Climbing the Pocket Network Roundtable. And we have Ted Glover, Flip Mozzie, and Yinka Ayende from Climbing the Pocket, ready to discuss the Vikings versus Chiefs, where the Vikings went down to Kansas City and lost in the last second to a field goal. How you doing, Flip? I'm doing well, David. It's great to be on. Tough, hard-fought game this afternoon, but uh, let's, let's just do a little recap show for the people. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people say that it's annoying that I have such a positive attitude after a loss. Uh, like I said, tough, hard-fought game. It was amazing to watch. I think the Vikings left a lot of plays out on the field. They also made a lot of plays that got them back into that game. Uh, I think the biggest issue, the biggest problem I had with the Vikings' performance was actually the offensive play calling and outside of that, there are things that you want to see changed just in terms of this game. But overall, there's no big worry for me as far as where the Vikings are headed this season. I think going into Arrowhead was also always going to be a tough play, place to go in and pull out a win. But we really we were in that game throughout. It was a close contest. The Vikings just didn't come out at top. So... We need to learn our lessons and get ready for Dallas when in prime time next Sunday. Mm -hmm. I agree. What do you think, Kika? Well, you know, I, I only had the fortune to uh, follow on the game, you know, via Twitter. I kind of saw some videos on NFL.com, um, so I could only pop in in and out. But from the few plays that I've seen, it, it seemed as if, um, you know, <clears throat> Kirk Cousins was uh, – he was off today, and uh, we know we've seen the games, uh, the, the, the Green Bay game, the Bears game, and then now this game. Um, when he's off, it, it isn't just a guy who you know, has a few overthrows, has some few misaccuracies, but it really feels like he loses his confidence. Um, and I saw, I think it was Andrew Kramer or maybe Ben Gessling who tweeted out that uh, Kirk was yelling at someone on the sidelines and saying, like, I'm trying. And Honestly, it doesn't really inspire a lot of leadership when he, when he does things like that. And we've seen him with, like, last season, we saw him with Adam Thielen getting into it and some stuff with Stephon Diggs. And, and truthfully, uh, this is the stuff that worries me when you guys see me get on this dude. It's just like there, there's something there. There's something that exists deep in, in his brain that just comes out that you start to see him 
lose that form of leadership that he needs to have because when things are going great, he's that rah-rah guy. He's a guy who's like in people's faces. He's encouraging people. But when he when he's not, when he is not on, there doesn't seem to always be in the moment afterwards, yes. In the moment, there doesn't seem to be a guy who's being accountable for his own actions and how he's playing. I don't see the guy that's just like, you know what, my bad. I'm I'm off. I need to step it up. I need to lead this lead these men uh, to that victory. And that has been one of my biggest critiques as far as Kurt is like when when we think about a leader. Um, I, I think about a guy who, if the team isn't doing well, even if he's going lights out, that's the guy that's like, you know what, I'm going to step up my play. I'm going to make sure everyone else around me is, is playing at a higher level. Even if I'm, you know, 19 of 19, 3,000 yards, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw for 4,000. That's a Luke Braun joke, by the way. Like, I'm going to make sure my team – even if we lose the game, they're going to know that I gave it everything. And we don't always see that with Kurt, especially in these kinds of games. And yes, I, I, yes, I am calling him Kurt because of the way he played today. Okay, fine. Go ahead and call him Kurt because that is ridiculous for anybody who watched this game, who saw that man struggle but still throw those touchdown passes to get his team back into the game, to get the lead in the fourth quarter for a defense to get that give that lead back. It was not Kirk Cousins who was the source of pain in this game. He had some short overthrows, which I think hurt the Vikings offense marginally, but we know that Kirk Cousins can go ahead and get this team the lead. And you look at what the Vikings do every single time we put the game on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. We struggle on offense. So why in the world would they do that on purpose? Why would they start the game with three first, the first three plays of the game, they pass, they pass, the pass. They don't get Dalvin Cook involved. I, I, just, right want an entire, hey, I just want an entire show with Nika Iende's facial expressions because, <laughs> Flip, when you were going, when you were talking right now, I wasn't disagreeing, but Yinka's facial expressions were freaking glorious. No. Absolutely <laughs> glorious. Yeah, just say it. This so, is... We know what the Vikings' offense is, and they got away from it. That's the bottom line with this game. But they got away with it from Kirk Broad sailed passes all day. I and sailed two-yard passes. This is these well. Are that's another problem. Two drive. yards instead of plus ten. Real quick. So, Flip, you 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 said something that I hear. Um, I know you you've said this before. A few other Vikings fans say this, and it somewhat boggles my mind. I'm just gonna throw this out here. I expect a dude who I'm paying, you know, not even going to go there. I expect if, if he is going to be my quarterback, I expect a dude to be able to shoulder the weight of being able to throw the football and not make me cringe because he's going to do it more than 15 times a game. Because the expectation as the quarterback is that your primary job is to throw the football. If you can't do that consistently without us being like, yo, this shouldn't be our game plan because he should just be here to, you know, make sure he doesn't screw it up. Maybe, just maybe, we have the wrong guy. Yeah, now, if you want to use some general ass concept of what an NFL offense is going to look like, sure, go watch the Patriots, go watch the Saints. That's not what we have here in Minnesota. And that's not the type of attack you should be using 
against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have a weak run defense, and when you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. If you want to put it all on Kirk, go ahead. But that's not what the offensive game plan has been here in Minnesota, and they got away from that in Arrowhead. So uh, to, 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 to that point then, Flip, because you mentioned like the Patriots and the Saints and stuff, those teams are consistently winning. We have So enough. are we. But the thing is, is like it's not enough to just win in the regular season. We consistently don't see success after the regular season happens because of this very thing. It's because we keep putting our, our – we keep getting quarterbacks to just manage, right? And then we get these stud uh, running backs or, you know, backfields or whatever the case is that can get us over that hump and obviously paired with a phenomenal top five type defense. But our consistent issue is this. It's the fact that we cannot rely on that guy who is under center, who is making those dropbacks, consistently is why we can't be in the same breath as as these other teams because truthfully with a team that's been this consistent on defense with a team who has a, a, a an amazing running back for all stress of the mind we should be able to win consistently now you granted, win consistently no I, again i'm not just talking about regular season wins against teams who are average or below this All right. Was, well, let's let's get to the playoffs and we'll see what happens. Because I'm still riding on this team. I'm still. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, we saw the game today. I mean, I didn't, but y'all did. And so I'm just saying. Yeah. Kirk showed that's, up. If that's the team y'all won in the playoffs, that's cool with me. But I'm just saying. You know, you don't have to watch. You don't have to be here for it. I'm gonna keep so, on watching. I watch them in the playoffs too. I'm just gonna keep eating my popcorn shrimp while I keep having. <laughs> Ted, what have you and, got and I, to say? I think you should share some of that popcorn shrimp because it sounds absolutely fabulous right now. It's good, though. Uh, but, but, gentlemen, here's my thing. Kirk Cousins made some terrible throws today. Uh, throws you should not expect a guy that's been in the league, what, seven, eight years now? To just airmail. I mean, it, it, he was, what, 9-21 in the first half? That said... He made a lot of good throws in the second half. That that touchdown throw to Rudolph, I would argue maybe three or four guys in the league could make. And that's kind of the, the thing with Kirk Cousins. I, I he just does these baffling things, but then he does these amazing things. And and I I, I can't put the, the entire blame for today's loss on him because Mike Zimmer failed on like three or four just ridiculous. Ridiculously bad coaching decisions. I, I don't understand why they went to the went to the pass so much in the first half when Dalvin Cook is the leading rusher in the NFL and the Chiefs are what 30th in the NFL in, in, in defending the run. I, there was there. I guess my point is there was a lot of blame to go around today, and, and although Kirk Cousins has some of it, I, I don't know that I would I would put all of it on him. I mean, there was just, you know, the, the last, the last, what, eight minutes of the game, there, there were, the Vikes had, what, two two possessions? They should have maybe ran the ball with Dalvin Cook a little bit more. Uh, I would argue Kirk should have made a couple passes, made a couple throws. But the defense just sort of collapsed as well. I mean, it was just sort of a total team effort in that regard. It was just kind of frustrating to watch the whole, the whole afternoon. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think those last two drives, you look at the play calls made. And I also think the, the drive before halftime where they get down, it's first and goal, and just three straight passes there. You go into halftime settling for a field goal with yeah. a timeout still in your pocket, but you have to be more threatening in the red zone there. And that mistake, settling for a field goal in, at, before the half, uh, the missed extra point, and those last two drives, the play calling on those last two drives, really sunk this team's offensive effort. Yep, sure did. Where are you going, Yinka? You're watching, man. You're mobile. Just changing the venue, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if combination between bad coaching choices, you know, I, whether I think it be Zimmer's... Zimmer or his coordinators, yeah. and I want to say Kirk Cousins' play because he was fifty percent today which is not good. Yeah, to an extent. But, man, I, I don't think you can you can put this all on Cousins. I mean, the defense gave up no, huge big plays when they didn't need to or when they, you know. I mean, granted, the Chiefs made some plays. I mean, Sammy Watkins made, like, what, two or three just ridiculous one-handed catches. Yeah. Um, and and all, in that case, all you can really do is kind of tip your cap and just, you know, kind of try and be better the next play. But, uh, you know – there, there was an equal amount of, of offense and defense and, and coaching decisions. And, and even that last punt by, by Colquitt where, you know, they, he kicked the Chiefs in the field goal position before they even took the field. I, I, I don't know. I, this, is, this just – so many people are, are, are like um, safety-wired to want to blame Kirk Cousins on stuff. And, and I just – I don't think this was all – on Kirk Cousins, I, I, I feel there were equal parts offense, defense, and, and, and coaching that that just kind of caused him to, to lose this game when it, it felt like a game they should have won. Mm-hmm. This was this was a three point loss. Uh, it's it's a loss and it's a loss. But an L is an L. An L is an L. This was a three point loss. They were not blown out. They com- they were competitive for this entire affair. And when you're in these tight games, those small mistakes are magnified. So you can't you can't allow a 91 yard run in a three point loss. You can't miss extra points in a three point loss. And that's what went wrong today. Now, those are things they obviously need to fix going forward, but I think those are those are those are things that be, can be corrected and get this offense and team back to where they need to be. Here's the other thing. They really have missed Adam Thielen for the last two weeks. And he and re-aggravated his hamstring today. Re-aggravated his hamstring. He was out after the first drive, I believe. And we talk about how important getting Stephon Diggs has, has been for this offense during the month of October. Well, here in November now, it's clear we don't just need Diggs. We need Diggs and Thielen back and rocking to get this offense at their peak potential. Yep. Okay. I got I, two points. I got, got to get running here, though, guys. Uh, the first point is um, 
I agree. I think it's fair to not put the complete blame on her cousins for, for this one. Like I said, I need to go back. I need to actually watch the game. <clears throat> but first and foremost, this. Um, knowing that Zimmer <clears throat> um, and the defense are essentially 12 men who have to figure this all out constantly, it's really, really difficult for that to always come together all the time, right? So with that being said, because you have 11 guys who are role are not exactly sticky. Um, you have to roll. What is the counter argument to if Zim has a bad game per se, who else can we rely on? And the only other person that we can rely on is Kirk cousins. Like he has to be the guy who can overcome his crappy, crappy coach decisions. Sometimes that happens. Now that's, that's a fair point. I got to say flip. That's a fair point. Say that that's always going to happen, but the hope and our, our hope needs to be that he can every so often. Second point to what Flip just talked about. I know that people are saying that, yes, we do, I do agree that we miss Adam Thielen. However, I will say the offense has clicked over the last almost month with Stefan Diggs leading the charge. But right? yeah, Adam Thielen still playing. No, no that's why I said. That's why I said, yes, we have missed him. But I will say having him back is helpful, but running the offense through Stefan Diggs first is why the offense has been clicking over the last month. Think about those four straight games of uh, Stefan Diggs having 143 plus yards or whatever the case is. It's because they're feeding him um, the way that he, he probably argued like, yo, feed me the ball and we will win. And that's what's been happening. Now, this game, it's a little bit different. I, you guys should know, I've said it multiple times. Our, our wide receiver depth has been atrocious for a few years. I have been advocating for us to get a guy that can come in and spell Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. There hasn't been that guy. Now, we're starting to see it even more so because there isn't that consistent third, third option that we can go to at wide receiver. Not at tight end or running back, whatever the case, but at wide receiver. And I think it's starting to bite them in the butt. I, just, I can't. I can't. We're not going to just restate our past arguments and priors here the the offense is about being able to be versatile and win in different ways so when you come out in those first four games and you run the ball well you still need to be able to evolve and and start passing and get Stefan Diggs involved same thing now when you get Stefan Diggs going defenses are going to adjust for that so you need to be able to adjust either go back to Dalvin Cook or start featuring Adam Thielen now. There's no one set recipe that's going to work over all 16 games. Completely agree, Flip, unless it's to Stephon Diggs. Let's do it again really soon. All right. All right. See you, Yanka. All right, Yanka. I mean, I think he has a point. Blame it on Yinka. Yeah, it's got to be on Yinka because Yinka causes all the problems. <laughs> it's a good conversation. It was. I'm just. I'm sorry that all of it went to, you know. I'm sorry to railroading. I'd like to get more opinions from you and Ted in. But I just had to stay my piece. <laughs> it it wasn't bad. 
I mean, and trust me, Flip, I love your positivity because I tend to go, I can go down that rabbit hole that goes. We all life. can. And, we all can. And being a fan as long as I have, we need that positivity. Well, I mean, it's going to be a tough year. It's going to, there's a lot of other great NFC teams out there. And, oh, and the NFC looks to be so far ahead of the AFC. Oh, 100%. So, uh, come playoff time, you know, they're going to have to battle to make the playoffs. And come playoff time, it's going to be a bloodbath in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And I think that the things we're hyper-focused on because we're Vikings fans is we're hyper-focused, not just on the Kansas team make the playoffs, but we're looking for that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. hard to it's hard, it's hard to project them in that Super Bowl right now. It's hard to project any NFC team in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, because everybody sets their standard against the Patriots. Right, right. And so and- I'm... Can I tell you who's going to win 49ers versus Vikings? No, but I also can't tell you who's going to win Packers versus Vikings or Packers versus 49ers. Packers are down by nine to the Chargers right now. Uh, can I tell you who's going to win, you know, Saints versus Cowboys? Can I tell you who's going to win that game? No, Saints are the better team, but they played last year and the Cowboys shut them down, and they went in and won in the Superdome in New Orleans last year. So it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in the NFC come playoff time. Really, just got to get there and uh, hope for Puncher's chance. Be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we going to get Ted back? I don't think so. I'm trying, but I don't think he's not popping up. Well, I probably have to run as well. Do you think you can somehow work that work oh, that magic? I can, I can massage this into a show, and okay. we can have it go out on Tuesday. Because of course, on Monday we have Good Morning Gallahorn in the raw. Of which course, give us Drew and Ted and my reactions to this wonderful yeah. game, which we yeah. lost. When are you recording that? We've already done it. Oh, you already you started it right away, right? Oh, right after we're within five minutes after the final gun, we are recording. So, and we get our initial reactions. You know, Drew blames everything on Zimmer. I tend to give Zimmer a break and (laughs) blame everything on Kirk Cousins. But hey, that's the two of us, and Ted falls in somewhere in between. Anyways, good to talk to you, brother. We will talk next week as Climbing the Network podcast rolls on, baby. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Have a great one. You too, bro. Bye-bye.